Welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, if you're curious. This is the only podcast hosted by two brothers talking about a thing they love, which in this case is comic books. I'm one of your two hosts, Kevin Hines. I am the other of the two hosts. My name is Will Hines. Yeah, and as I said, we are brothers. Uh, We are also comedians. Uh, We are also living on opposite coasts of the country. And we are also bald. I think that's everything you need to know to understand this podcast. Yep. Every single one of those facts is really important, equally Mm -hmm. important. Uh, We are nearing, we are at the very end of our uh, season covering Marvel superheroes, Secret Wars, the 1980 event crossover, uh, possibly the first ever crossover, definitely Marvel's first crossover event that sort of paved the way for these things to become very regular events. Things to happen at comic books. This is the first one. It was written by Jim Shooter and mostly drawn by Mike Zeck. Uh, I love it. And Will uh, has realized he loves it too in rereading it. It's super fun. It's super crazy. Um, And it's just a a huge deal. And we're having fun talking about it. That's right. And now we're going to wrap it up. We're doing the final two issues for this episode. Yeah. Uh, Should I just get right into it, Will? I guess so. Let's just, let's be all business about it. We're going to do a recap of issue 11. Okay. Uh, So issue 11. Uh, So when we left with issue 10, uh, Doom had stolen the Beyonder's power and shown up in front of the heroes uh, like a thousand feet tall. (laughs) Yep. Right? Yep. So he shrinks down to normal height, removes his mask, reveals that his face is healed, uh, and he wants to talk to the heroes. Uh, but the villains get jealous that Doom is talking to the heroes. So Molecule Man rips the earth out from underneath them, flipping them, well, I guess, miles and miles away. Yes. Uh, uh, Doom later gives Molecule Man a power upgrade when Molecule Man kind of complains to him. So now Molecule Man, who before could control the molecules of uh, inorganic uh, molecules, now can control the mo- molecules of everything. Yes. And to an infinite degree. Yeah, yeah, so he can kind of do anything now. His power has has been upped to kind of uh, unlimited power, which is a nice upgrade. <laughs> yeah, good upgrade. Really uh, solid. Molecule, Molecule Man then takes all the uh, villains to the suburb of Denver that's on Battleworld, <laughs> where they hang out in Volcana's apartment, and then he like puts a bubble over the city and floats it home to Earth. Yes. Uh, uh, Doom, meanwhile, uh, shows up at the hero's base, uh, engraves a message on the wall for everyone. Yeah. And then takes uh, Claw with him. Right. Uh, in the background while this is happening, some entity, spoiler alert, the Beyonder, possesses the Hulk. And then the Hulk, it jumps from the Hulk to Spider-Woman. And, it, uh, uh, and then at this point in the issue, it's still in Spider-Woman. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's definitely trying to do something. We, know, we don't know exactly what yet. We'll find out in issue 12. Um, uh, Doom, when the heroes come to visit him, oh, uh, Colossus goes to see Zaji, who is alive, um, because he's in love with her. Yep. Wolverine sort of says something about the fact that, uh, her healing power has a side effect to make people fall in love with her. He thinks that's, that Colossus is not completely in control of this. Yeah. Uh, I like that answer. I'm not hundred percent sure of every moment in the comic backs that up. Right. Um, it certainly reads true for how Colossus is acting though, for sure. Um, the heroes go to visit Doom. Doom says, I'm a good guy now. 
Yeah. He offers the heroes a reward for, you know, dealing with him for all these years. They turn him down. Reed's like, I'm good. Uh, uh, Doom brings Kang back to life and then sends him back to wherever he came from. Um, uh, Captain America chats with Doom. And while that's happening, Spider-Woman jumps from uh, the entity that's in Spider-Woman jumps from her into Claw. Yes. And then uh, uh, all the heroes go back to their base and are like, should we trust Doom? Should we fight him? Can we risk like our best chance to stop Doom is probably right now if we want to do it or if he's good, we shouldn't do anything. So what should we do? And everyone votes to attack except for Colossus, who's very conflicted. And at the last moment, Colossus goes, no, you're right. We should fight Doom. And then they all die. And that's the end of the issue. That's the end of the issue. Pretty good cliffhanger. Yeah, everyone's dead. Uh, So we're in the final issue. All the side characters are dead. We're all only left with the main character of Dr. Doom. Um. I don't know. It's not a bad way to end your penultimate issue in terms of like, whoa. Um, And I also like the part where they were all voting to fight. I thought that was sort of cool in a let's be heroic I was sort of surprised they were all so vehemently into it. I mean, they only had like a page and a half to debate it. So there's not a lot of room for a nuanced discussion. I just, I liked Colossus's points where it's like, if he is good, if this power has changed him, like we're only like, gonna hurt things by attacking him um and you know also they can't beat him uh but yeah yeah, how quickly doom snuffs them out just from thinking about fighting him is terrifying and cool at the same time yeah and it makes sense Uh, they've spent the whole issue talking about that he is a god now and can do whatever he wants it would be almost dumb if this didn't happen uh did you have a favorite moment in this issue yes my favorite moment is when the villains are all in the apartment in Denver. <laughs> that and, is very funny. And they're just kind of pacing around the apartment board. Yeah. Is that this issue or the next issue? Um, it's it kind of in both, both issues. The The one shot I really like. Oh, maybe I don't know if the, the shot issue. you want is in this issue. There's only a couple shots oh, in yeah. the apartment. It's probably next issue. It's next issue. Okay, so I'll change it. My backup one. Yeah, it's next issue. Um, my backup one is when Doom leaves the message written on the wall and it says, you are summoned to the Tower of Doom at dusk tomorrow. And Reed goes, what tower? What's he talking about? Thing looks outside. Offhand, I'd say, uh, must be that. And there's just a huge tower is now existing outside of where they're staying. There's also like a funny moment where all the heroes kind of come out to see Spider-Woman who had like um, screamed uh, uh, because uh, Doom showed up and grabbed Claw and also like fixed Captain Marvel uh, who had been frozen in a hologram for the last couple issues. Yes. Uh, So like Spider-Woman screams, they all run out and they're like, what's going on? And then they're like, did Doom say anything to ask? And she goes, nobody left that and points at this message that covers the entire wall. And like none of them saw it until Spider-Woman pointed at it. Yeah. Like it's on the fourth wall of the image, but they're all <laughs> facing it. <laughs> they should have come in here screaming and looked at that first. That's the thing that's really eye catching. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of kind of dumb moments like that. Like why really does great. Doom show up a hundred feet tall and then just shrink down to normal? Neither of those things make sense. Uh, he's trying to control his power. Uh, my favorite moment is dumber than yours. It is the second panel in the whole issue. It's on the second page. It's the very first panel. It's a group shot of all the heroes. And there are so many lines of dialogue here. Uh, yeah. Each one like trying to like give you a little insight into like what that hero's thing is. 
Uh, so like Doom finishes his speech by going, and I suppose that is what you expect. And Wolverine goes, yeah, so what are you waiting for? Claws brandished. Yeah. Nightcrawler, do not go to Wolverine. Something tells me he can do it. Uh, Storm, let us strike then before he has a chance. Reed, no, let's hear him out. <laughs> As he stretches. Yeah. Captain America, just stand ready. I don't, don't do anything until I give the order. <laughs> Letting you know Captain America's in charge. Spider-Man chimes in. My spider sense would be tingling if Doomsie meant to kill us. Yeah. Uh, and then Professor X, I concur that he means us no harm, Spider-Man, though the sheer energy of his mental processes blocks my telepathic probing. I sense no aura of malice about him. It's like everyone has to say something. It's just like, I mean, if Stan Lee was doing this, there'd be twice as many balloons. Yeah. Stan, Stan, Stan Lee would, would be, be like, good restraint. Good, good. Yeah. Uh, my like, no, oh, you, you don't be afraid to put time some to, dialogue. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't have time to dialogue that panel, I guess. I understand. It's, <laughs> it's a long issue. <laughs> Uh, it's very funny to me though. Uh, it's a fun issue. Yeah. Like I said, I agree. I think it's really fun that they all die at the end. It's just like a huge, a huge, uh, uh, page wide splash explosion of them just all like disintegrating in a blast of, uh, energy. It's kind of like, uh, secret wars is kind of like a Michael Bay movie, right? Just like fun first, huge action set pieces, a little, a little slash a lot shot. Shy on logical plot. There, there is something really, it's, I mean, it's also like a very fun TV show. It's like lost or something where it's like the last moment of the show is supposed to like make you want to tune in next week. Yeah. Um, and some of the issues don't do a great job of that. And some of the issues do a really good job, but like this one, clearly it's like, this was in the outline, like, oh, and then we kill them all. Right. Right. Uh, at the end of this issue. So it's like, but there's still an issue to go just like last issue ended with like, the war is over. Yeah. Doom saying the war is over and that he's got the Beyonder's power. And there's like two more issues left. And it sort of, sort of looks like they're, they, they, just, they keep being like, well, now what happens? I can't even imagine what happens. I've got to read the next issue. Yeah. It's good. Um, it's fun. I'm excited to see what happens. Oh, great. Let's find out. So issue 12 of a 12 issue limited series. Well, this is where it all wraps up. This is it? Yeah, this is it. This is the there, end. There's no more after this? This is a season finale, series finale. Oh, gosh. I had no idea. Uh, the cover is sort of fun. It's Doom, uh, maskless, uh, looking very evil, standing over the dead bodies of all the heroes. Uh, caption is, after the Big Bang, and I guess the Big Bang is him killing them all. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun cover. I had forgotten about this one, but it looks it's really good. Uh, and then when you go into the first, the splash page is Captain America's indestructible shield, like in pieces, uh, in right. the wreckage of this building. Yep. And the caption, nothing to fear. Yeah, uh, the title, it, nothing to fear. Uh, yes. And, um, yeah, we're right in the middle of where we left off. The, 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 the low point of the hero's battle against the beyonder. They are all killed. Yeah. We see Zaji looking at the crater that was where. Uh, Colossus and Human Torch, two of her lovers, uh, were located. Yep. Uh, we cut away from that to uh, the Tower of Doom. Yes, where Doom is talking to his most trusted lieutenant, Insane Claw. That's right. And Doom is again large. Using his power made him get big again, so he's sort of shrinking as this page goes on. Yeah. Uh, and Claws is sort of watching him. Uh, and they're talking about Doom's basically talking about how much power it is and how he's he he's trying to keep it contained because he doesn't want to accidentally 
destroy anything. He's trying to be good. He like doesn't want to like, you know, sneeze and blow up a planet. So he's trying to like <laughs> put the power away. The Doom's sort of fear of his power reminds me of Rick Jones and those old Hulk issues being afraid of sleeping because he's what would the Hulk do when he doesn't have control of him? Um, so it's a very fun thing. It's like you have all this power, but it's like he can't control it that well yet. So he's nervous about sleeping or uh, just having it active for too much. Him afraid to go to sleep is very Rick Jones and the Hulk in those yeah. first six Hulk issues. Uh, uh, Doom like retires to his study, which is like a very, uh, just very modern. It's got like sort of a nice a cushiony chair, nice bookcases behind him, claw yeah. positions an ottoman for him. It looks like um, an airport lounge kind of, like <laughs> sort of weird, weirdly shaped chairs and stuff and sort of on purpose futuristic furniture. I mean, it's very much of the 80s. It feels like a rich therapist in an uh, 80s movie would have like an office like this. Yeah. He does have some Craven the Hunter style vases around. I feel like there should be some steaming liquids coming out of some of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Claude basically asked Doom, are you sure they're dead? I mean, right. that's what you said, Ed, 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 but... And since... Uh, we, we've already spoiled it a little bit. The Beyonder, the entity of the Beyonder exists in Claw. Yeah. And he is manipulating Claw to manipulate Doom, to make Doom vulnerable enough for Beyonder to take his power back. Right. That's, we, uh, the, that's We're not the really kind. supposed to know that when you're reading it at this point, but looking back, yeah. you can see that's what's happening. It's a pretty, it'd be pretty easy to know that that's the Beyonder in there. Uh, we since knew, we read the last issue, we don't know what his plan is. We know that something's in there, and it's probably yeah, the Beyond. It's the yeah. last issue. It's probably the un the unseen yeah. entity. Also, that's the been going. Also, the thing is, if you're reading these comics at the time, you know the aftermath. Like you know, the heroes are all alive and back in their comics. That's true. Most of them, most of them have come back. <laughs> so you know it's going to end with them coming back somehow. Uh, we cut away to the uh, Molecule Man city uh, that's floating by some alien planet. Yeah. Uh, and is this the panel that you were thinking of where uh, yes. Powerball is sort of uh, lying, lying down on the floor reading a book? <laughs> yeah, he's like lounging on his elbow, reading the book, Wrecking Ball, close by. Uh, another one of the Wrecking Crew's got his head resting on his fist in a chair. Uh, but what I really love is Dr. Octopus, who's pacing. It feels very villainy to just pace. But I love that his forearms are just kind of suspended sort of in a holding position up. It's like, oh yeah, what does he do with these arms when he doesn't need them? I guess this is the resting position for them. Yeah. yeah like, what, what else can he do with them if he just wants to walk around? He's like, God, you can't get, you can't put these things down. They're in the way whenever he wants to reach for anything. <laughs> they gotta be. Uh, Enchantress is in the bathroom uh, filling the bathtub. She explains that Molecule Man is somehow hooked up utilities again. So they've got water and electricity. Um, and she summons a pretty sassy water elemental. She, yeah, she summons this water elemental. As a kid, I found this water elemental scary. Is that right? Yeah, I found this like a very scary visual. This like woman made of water coming out of the bathtub, talking to the enchantress. Basically, she's just there to recap the plot on yes. the last issue. Uh, but I, I, like the visual of it, I remember being like, oh, this is creepy. I mean, I was, you know, eight or whatever. Yeah, um, it's funny. I don't see that, but I know what you're saying. When you're a kid, like certain things can really stick in your mind as being like really scary or whatever. I don't see it now, but like it still registers as a thing that's creepy to me because I remember being creeped out by it, if that makes sense. Yes, I, I know exactly what you mean. There's a 
Steve Ditko backup feature that used to run in the back of the Blue Beetle comics, which you must have read because I know you read the Ditko Blue Beetles, called mm-hmm. Kill, Killjoy. Yes. Um, and Killjoy is a hero, I think, who could never die. And he mostly, like, he's a combination just, like, generic hero who stops bad guys. But I think he also, like, disrupts hypocritical woke libs, kind of. <laughs> like Oh, Ditko. I, th- I think that's kind of killjoy. Like he buzzes, mm-hmm. you know, he kills the joy of these like hypocrites, holier than thou people. Um, so when I was a kid reading, I, somehow when I was like seven, I had an issue of Blue Beetle with a killjoy backup story. Killjoy can't be killed. So there is an image of somebody stabbing killjoy in the chest and his like kind of jester smile remains um, unmoved. Um, and it terrified me. Like that, I think it's supposed to be funny or a joke, and I think the whole series is supposed to be like lighthearted. There's but only that, like two. There's only two appearances of that character. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, and they 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 definitely seem like they're meant to be silly. And it terrified me. Like I thought that that character was a horror monster bad guy. I mean, I had nightmares about Killjoy, and like when I was reading all the Ditko stuff that I could when he died, not as much as you did, but when I was kind of like flipping through couple years ago, I saw images of Killjoy and I was like, I got shudders. And then I read it with my adult eyes and I was like, oh, it's stupid. Why did this scare me? Yeah. Well, I mean, even look at this last image of her um, on the first uh, page where she's been summoned, where she's talking to a chantress and she's saying, okay, okay. There's something about her where she looks like this haunted image, like something out of a Sandman comic almost. She looks like a ghost for sure. Yeah. But like her face is melting because she's made of water. There's something unnerving about her whole appearance there. Plus just things coming out of the bathtub and toilet. That's horror movie territory right there. Yeah. Uh, but basically, basically she just recaps the plot and then a chantress like shoves her back in the water. Yes. And um, so the enchantress is caught up on the plot because she summoned an exposition demon. That's right. <laughs> and she goes off to do whatever she's going to do. And then the lizard flips out. Yeah, he's not used to being in an apartment building. This is not yeah. his normal habitat. He wants the swamps of Florida. Yeah, so he's kind of going crazy. Uh, everyone gets talks about killing him, but Volcana sort of takes him under her wing, not unlike what the wasp did. Everyone's taking care of the lizard. People lizard, are being real nice to him. Lizard's a, kind of a ladies' man. Uh, yeah, he really is. His, his method char- is like you know getting women to come take care of him. Yeah, he's very needy, and it works. Yeah, uh, Doc Ock uh, shatters the wall. <laughs> uh, he's. He, He's insulted at Molecule Man's poor understanding of physics. Yeah. I like this take for uh, Doc Ock. I don't like my Doc Ock to be this raving and furious all the time. He's kind of hard to be a supervillain. But I like that what he's mad about here is we are going to be stranded in space. Even moving the speed of light will never get home. Right. Uh, But he doesn't realize that Molecule Man is sort of so powerful that he's a god and is learning how to essentially do a tesseract or a hyperspace jump or whatever. Yeah. Um, to go while, faster than light speed. While Doc Ock is yelling at Molecule Man, the Enchantress summons Volcano away and the lizard uh, notices. Yeah. Um, uh, but but meanwhile, uh, oh, and she summons her away because she's going to like tap her life force so that she can go to Asgard. Yeah, she needs the extra energy, so she's going to kill Volcano. And Volcana owes her because a few issues ago, Volcana 
promised her anything if she would send her to be near uh, Molecule Man's side when he was hurt. Yeah, so she's collecting under favor, which is to use her life force. Which is nice that that's being wrapped up in this series and not left dangling. I thought you were going to say it was nice that Volcana was getting murdered. Yeah. I mean, also, it's nice that she's getting <laughs> murdered. It's nice that someone can get murdered once in a while. Uh, Doc Ock, meanwhile, still screaming. I love this this sequence. Yeah. Uh, Malky Man is basically saying, look, I recreated all the stars. That's nice, right? And that just uh, makes Dr. Octopus infuriated. Yeah. He basically doesn't believe him or can't accept it or is like either freaking out at how powerful Molecule Man is or thinks he's being lied to. It's very funny. Molecule Man just very calmly is just being like, uh, right, and I just reconstructed them and reignited them. It was easy. I can do anything with matter and energy. I'm learning how to do space warps, too. That's how I popped into Marsh's living room so suddenly before with just a little more practice and Doc Ock just loses it. No, no, no. Yeah. You're lying. It can't be true. Rips off yet another piece of building. Finally got something to do with these arms. Throws them at Molecule Man. And the Molecule Man just like makes the street like like uh, capture Doc Ock. Like it's a liquid street that like solidifies all over him. How many characters in the Secret Wars are not Kirby characters and not Ditko characters? Not many, Ooh. right? Um, I'd have to see the whole lineup. I can go, let's go back to page one of this trade paperback and answer that real quickly. Okay. Uh, like even the X-Men are Kirby characters, right? Except well, for Wolverine. not all of them, right? These are the newer X-Men characters. Right. Well, Professor X and Cyclops are. And so Wasp is Kirby. She-Hulk is not. Okay. Captain Marvel is not. Captain America is Kirby. Uh, Thor is Kirby. Hawkeye, I don't know if he's Kirby, but he's Kirby era. Like he might have been a Don Heck creation for all I know. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man is Kirby. Professor X is Kirby. Storm is not. Nightcrawler is not. Rogue is not. Cyclops is. Uh, Wolverine is not. Colossus is not. Hulk is. Spider-Man is Ditko. And then the three FF members are all Kirby. uh, Kirby. Then from the villains, we have Galactus, big time Kirby, Enchantress, Kirby, Ultron, I don't know. I don't know. That might be, I think, I feel like that's, I think that's after, later. Like Jim Starlin or something. The Wrecking Crew, I'm also not sure about. Uh, I think um, the Wrecking Crew expanded. I think initially it was just the guy with the, the uh, crowbar. Yeah. He's probably Kirby. I'm not sure if they all are. The yeah. Lizard is Ditko. Uh, Doc Ock is Ditko. Doctor Doom is... Uh, People say Kirby, but I like to credit Ditko. Uh, Malachi Man is Kirby, <laughs> and Kang is... I don't know. Kang might be Ditko. Uh, I mean, Kirby, I think, but he I might not Kang be. I think Kang is Kirby. But I think it's like there's about a third of them, or a little less than a third of them are not. Pretty high ratio, right? I mean, that's the Marvel Universe, right? Half the characters are going to be Kirby Yeah. almost no matter what you do. Yeah. Just impressive to me. Um, I mean, Kirby just created <clears throat> so much. Yeah, um, I was just thinking like it's the lizard going after Enchantress with Molecule Man and Doc Ock in a fight. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just. Yeah. I mean, Claw is definitely Kirby, too. Yep. Um, yeah, it's uh, Kirby's good. <laughs> Do we credit um, Shooter and Zek with creating Volcana, Titania and Spider-Woman? I think you must, right? This is where they yeah. first show up. Unless yeah. someone else created them and then they inserted them in here first, right? That sometimes happens in comic books. Yeah. That their first appearance is not by the creators. 
like they seem to have like Spider-Woman seems to have powers that are not really ever explained that are, we see them in action every once in a while. Like they seem thought out. Yeah. Um, so it, I wouldn't be stunned to hear like, Oh, so like, you know, Whoever. somebody else came yeah. up this character and pitched it to him. But yeah, uh, I give shooter credit unless I hear otherwise. Interesting. Um, okay. So, uh, Volcana's death gets interrupted by the lizard. That's right. Lizard. Uh, basically, Molecule Man's looking for Volcana, and the lizard's like, "I, uh, Enchantress took her away. I can smell her. Let's let's track her down because now I care about Volcana. Protect me for two seconds." Uh, so they both show up, and the lizard uh, attacks Enchantress. Molecule Man shows up, and Enchantress like ports out of there. The only place she can get to is the Beyonder planet, uh, but. The lizard is so fast, the lizard gets sucked back too. So Enchantress and the lizard are back on Battleworld. Yeah, where lizard scars her face. Yeah, slices her across her face. Um, and then she uh, uh, she tries to go back to Asgard. I guess she's successful too because she's, you know, she's still a character. But she leaves. She basically disintegrates the lizard. Right. She le- leaves the lizard as just a bunch of dust in the ground. And then um, she goes presumably to Asgard and we cut back to Doom in his uh, modern office therapist furniture with possessed claw sneaking up on him. And it's a little early, but I think maybe this is a good place to take our break. I think you are wise and I agree. Okay. Hey, it's us again, your hosts, Kevin and Will Hines, and we want to hear from you. That's right. You can email us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at screwitcomics. We also have an Instagram account where we post images from the comics that we talk about, and that's screwitcomics on Instagram. That's three different ways to connect with us. Tell us your thoughts about the issues we're talking about, or the format of the show, or our life choices that have led us to this point. Reach out and tell us anything, honestly, and we might talk about it on a future episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. We're back. Um, and uh, from here on out, it's mostly about the lizard's dusty body. Yeah, we uh, spend a lot of time just on the decomposition of the lizard's body, right? Yeah, we see some I'm like counting plants nine kind of growing. pages here. We see some like little plants growing out of it, and we see like caption boxes about how they, the lizard has given back finally to the world. Yeah, this philosophical thing about how is in death he committed an act of goodness. Yeah, um, but then at the very end, like you can see like little scales on one of the leaves, and with like yep. a question, like give kind of a question mark to that moment. Yep, and that's and how the story ends completely. It feels like yeah, it left a, lot a lot is of not wrapped up. Yeah, Doom is still an dead. omnipotent god. Yeah. Um, I don't love that as an ending. I feel like you have to fill in a I lot of blanks. It. I love it. I think it was the right ending. All right. We, uh, of course, we see, are joking. Oops. Um, <laughs> we see Claw sneaking up on a sleeping doom, but yeah. he's got like glowing eyes and a glowing mouth from the entity <laughs> that has possessed him. Super evil. And then Doom sits up and there's this very nonchalant image of Claw, like <laughs> looking at his nails. <laughs> There's a lot of comedy in this issue. Oh, I mean, Claw is hilarious throughout this, but Claw is like looking at his nails like, hmm, what? What's going on? I wasn't trying to eat you. <laughs> what are you saying? Um, but yeah, Doom is nervous about uh, the power uh, getting out of control while he's sleeping. Um, 
And then Claw's basically like, hey, the heroes could have lived. Yeah, this is the weirdest thing in all 12 issues, I think. Oh, I love this. Okay, you 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 narrate it then, because I think it's I think kinda... this is really cool. Basically, the Beyonder is trying to seed doubt in Doom's mind, knowing that his power will make it happen. If he can put a, a like a seed of doubt in Doom's mind, like he doesn't have enough control of these powers, just Doom thinking about it, being like, is that possible, makes it happen. So it's kind of like what the Beyonder wants to do is say, Doom, if you wanted to, you could make a purple elephant, right? Hoping that Doom like accidentally makes a purple elephant. Right. But instead of a purple elephant, it's bring all the heroes back to life. That's exactly right. Yes. Okay. All right. So Claw basically is like pitching this sort of slim to none chance. He's like, the heroes have done nothing. Like, let's see how this could work out. And Claw seems to know everything that's really happened because he is the Beyonder. So he talks about how Zaji saw the wreckage. I mean, you could also read this as like, this is what happened. Yes. But I don't think that's what it's meant to be. Uh, Your interpretation makes a lot more sense. I thought it was just like the Beyonder pitches something weird and coincidentally that's what was happening. I think Doom makes this happen. So yeah. Your way is a lot more sensible. So Claus pitches that Zaji sees them dying. She rushes to Colossus' side and pours all her life energy into Colossus to save him in killing herself in the process. Colossus... Uh, takes uh, Reed Richards and throws him into one of those uh, rehab machines and brings Reed Richards back to life. And once Reed is alive, Reed is able to save everyone else's life because he is a super genius. And he's telling the story and Doom doesn't believe it. He's like, absurd. That couldn't happen. The odds are impossible. Um, And then, you know, Klaus says, but perhaps maybe you sort of helped things along. Maybe you secretly subconsciously wanted them to survive and rise from the ashes and live again. And Doom is saying no. And then basically Claw's like, why don't you check? Um, uh, and uh, curse you, Claw. Now that you've told me your wretched tale, I may make it come true if I let the power rise. My merest stray thought, the slightest doubt, might alter reality. And I so guess I it that's... plays on a insecurity Doom has from just having seen the heroes win so many times. Right. How many times in the past have I thought that Reed Richards was dead? And if there were one man who might overcome the odds, is it not Captain America? No, no, they are dead. He's like, he looks like a lunatic here. It's great. Yeah, his, moment, his, uh, the idea of a good doom did not last too long. Yeah. Uh, though he has got this like evil person whispering in his ear. He's got a worm tongue type yeah. character. Uh, then Thor's hammer bursts in the wall. Uh, and so that scares Doom and he does let the power rise. Yep. In order to destroy them again. Yeah. And uh, he, like the planet just like engulfs into flames at this moment and starts exploding. Um, so, and Doom doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to just blow up the planet. He has to suck it back in. Although, why not? Like, he could, if he could survive it. But, okay, yeah. So, he senses himself getting out of control. He contains it. And Claw slash Beyonder has another idea. He's like, give me a little bit of your power. And I will use that power and fight for you so that it won't be so much that it's out of control. I can, it'll be, you know, a manageable amount of omnipotence. Yeah. And Doom's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like Doom's losing <laughs> it. So he yeah. agrees to give the craziest character in the world a little bit of power. <laughs> and Claw's so funny in the scene. He's like, oh boy, more and more. <laughs> um, and, you know, Doom says, I've given you an infinitesimal micro fraction of my strength enough to blacken 10,000 suns. <laughs> I love when comic books describe an uh, absurd amount like the power cosmic when the surfer would describe it it's always like so much power yeah that it's like doesn't make sense that he's ever lost any fight except there are other characters with just as much 
absurd amount of power, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, and the heroes are running down the hill. They seem fine. Uh, yeah, they're all 100% back. It's A lot happens off screen in this comic. Yeah. Um, one of the claw purple monsters leaps out to fight them. Uh, yeah, we, we get almost like a little, a real like Kirby parade. Yeah. Of like uh, monsters. Uh, uh, Claw brings back Ultron. He's then, he talks to that his monsters can be real now, not just uh, sound images because of this power increase. And so we have like a double page splash, which we haven't had too many of in this, of a bunch yeah. of heroes fighting monsters. Right. And it's um, pretty good. Good yeah. job, Zach. It looks good, yeah. Um, we see the thing turning back human, but then able to turn himself back into the thing. Then the he realizes and the, the inking and penciling feels different on this page. I yes, it looks totally different. Like the thing looks really different to me. She Hulk looks very different than she's looked. This monster looks very this, different. The whole yeah, it looks like somebody else drew it. It looks like it's a little uh, Art Adams ish. I was going to say think it's it looks him. Art Adams. The inking looks very Art Adams, right? Yeah. Somebody else inked this page for sure. I don't see any credit given to anyone else on this page. I did zero research to see if there's any talk about that. Uh, but this page looks weird. And the next page as well, I think. And, uh, not the next page, but another page. Two pages later also looks weird. Uh, but um, yeah, so the, the monsters fight. Sorry, you were saying something. Yeah, the, uh, the uh, we, we have a good little battle. Yeah, the thing is turning back, back and forth from rocks to Ben Grimm. He seems to have control of it now. He seems to be get, gaining control of it. Right. That's um, important. That's important. That that pays off later. And the Hulk gets his leg broken. Yeah. Um, there's lots of that stuff just kind of thrown around. Uh, there's this other like uh, full page splash of the heroes fighting monsters. And this one doesn't look like Art Adams so much. This almost looks like, I don't know who this, uh, uh, this is like sketchier almost than that. Where are we looking? Uh, this full page splash of the yes, monsters fighting. Yeah. This looks like it's another, another inker. It makes me think they were falling behind and just had like three or four different people finishing these pages. Yeah. Um, we're kind of easy to get kind of easy to give someone a page. It's like draw a full page splash of the heroes fighting monsters. doesn't matter what they look like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It looks really different. I, uh, it looks almost softer or cuter than like what Zek is doing. Yeah. It looks more seventies to me somehow. Yeah. Um, like older. I don't know. My, yeah. My first thought is like uh, Kubert, but it's not him at all. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's, there's something about that that sort of jumps to my mind. I, I was also thinking elf quest, but I know that's not right either, but <laughs> I feel like this is the kind of art you would see. It looks indie. It looks like an indie book. Hernandez brothers, Gilbert Hernandez. Um, um, anyway. Yeah, I have no idea. But a Captain America breaks through the fray, knocks Claw aside to get into Doom's base, which is what Claw slash Beyonder wants. Right. Um, Cap comes in. Uh, Doom is sort of lounging back. He's, he's sort of very much relaxed about this idea, but he's like, of course it'd be you. Yeah, Doom is all over the place. He says he's good, then he's instantly insecure, then he's full evil and scared. Now he's chill, then he instantly gets threatened again, right? He's, uh, he's Yeah. He's Claw crazy. watched Captain America walked in. He's like, oh, this is perfect. This is just what Claw hoped would happen. Yes. 
Uh, Captain America gets vaporized instantly by Doom. Right. Um, atomizes him, he says. So yeah. that the possibility that Claw said before couldn't even happen, he says. And then Captain America pops back in existence. And this, I assume, is Claw doing it. Yeah, Claw with a little bit of power that he was given. Right. So he was bringing Captain America back to sort of have Doom shoot more and more energy at Captain America. Basically, like, Doom keeps trying to kill Captain America and Claw keeps not letting him. Uh, and then Doom's power starts to get out of control. Captain America offers to help anchor the power. Why Captain America thinks he would be able to suddenly master some cosmic forces, who knows? But, if anyone can do it, it's Cap. Um, and then Claw slash Beyonder is watching, and as Cap reaches, and a Doom agrees to have Cap help, and as Cap is helping Doom is when the Beyonder leap makes his move. He leaps out of claw into the energy and becomes a sort of glowing ball of Kirby dots. Which is what he was originally, sort of. He just mm -hmm. was this energy thing. And so he's the Beyonder's back and and Doom is left his mortal self. And then the Beyonder takes Doom away and Claw jumps along for the for the journey. And that kind of ends the fight, right? Like the yeah. now it's over. Beyonder and Doom are gone. Right. And so the hero and the rest of this issue is sort of just like tying up plots. That's right. Getting everyone uh, home so they can get to where they came back into comics 12 months ago. Right. Yeah. We just have to now connect this point in the Secret War story to where everybody emerged in their individual comics. Right. So some of these things readers would know are coming, but we see the decisions being made. Um, in that sense, it, it, it hurts some of these moments. Like if you, if you know all along that the thing is not going back. Yeah. You're just sort of waiting for that shoe to drop. Um, uh, but as a kid, I'm reading this, uh, especially now in trades and stuff, you don't necessarily, you'd read this in order. You would just read this whole thing before you read the next issue of FF. Right. Um, they go to Zaji's uh, grave. Colossus is very sad. Human Torch doesn't care. For some reason, we can't get Jaji back. That it's kind of weird, right? We got everybody else back, right? Um, it just says those comic book rules. Yeah, she was very dead. <laughs> she was super dead, I guess. Everybody yeah. else was just normal dead. Everyone else was mostly dead. To uh, quote the Princess Bride, I've never uh, seen that. The Princess Bride? No, I'm only kidding. You should check it out. I won't. Um, Spider-Man uh, spends a little time, <laughs> a decent amount of real estate. Um, uh, playing with this costume where like the mask pulls back and he can eat with it. Um, I guess at this point it must've been revealed that it was an alien symbiote already. Yeah. We're 12 months into the costume existing. Right. So, yeah. And so the, and the costume did not exist the 12 months of amazing Spider-Man. So at this point it's already, he's already, it's already been revealed to be an alien or moved him. So this is almost like now shooters writing this, knowing the truth about the costume. Yeah. So we see like everyone else using a different machine. And Spider-Man's like, wow, that's weird. Oh, oh that's well. Weird. Yeah. He thinks to himself, oh, well. Yeah. He asks Johnny, uh, do your new duds do tricks? I mean, like, you know, respond to your thoughts. Yeah. And Johnny goes, nope, they're just close. <laughs> <laughs> So funny. Uh, the Hulk gets a cane because uh, um, he broke his leg. Okay, yeah. I guess that is that how he comes back in the comics? Yeah, he comes back with a broken leg. Okay. Uh, Kurt Connors shows up. 
Uh, uh, yeah, he's healed. Right. And, th- and the characters start talking about the fact that there seems to be something weird going on because uh, the X-Men go, oh, I wish Lockheed came back. And then Lockheed shows up and there's something after the Beyonder left. He left some sort of uh, power giving them their wish. Like as they were told that they win, they'd get their heart's desire. And so like certain things are just becoming very working out very easily for them. Right. Um, and, and Reed has his own explanation for that also. I mean, that's what Reed says. Oh, okay. I believe that this wish fulfillment phenomenon we've been experiencing is an after effect of the battle against doom. The planet itself seems to have been charged with residual energy, which seems to respond to the strong desire of force of will. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then Wolverine says, huh, fallout. <laughs> so um, Captain America and- then takes a moment alone with his broken shield and makes it get fixed. He's very proud of himself when he pulls that off. And it's a big moment. Uh, and then we spend like uh, three pages sending everyone home. Yeah. And um, everyone's kind of teleporting until we're ended, until we're left just with the Fantastic Three and She-Hulk. Well, just before that, the X-Men have like a weird, uh, the, the, the teleporting doesn't, it makes a huge explosion when they teleport. Oh yeah, and um, I don't. I don't remember what happens on the other. I think end of they that. just get sent to the wrong place. They go to Japan instead of um, Westchester. <laughs> okay, but it seems like they're dead, and the FF sort of going. Well, I'm sure they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny goes. That didn't look good. Uh, and Reed's response is, uh, "It's just an energy fluctuation." <laughs> I mean, it looked like an explosion. It looks like they're dead. It definitely looks bad. Um. But they move on. Uh, Yes. So now it's just the Avengers and the FF. And the Avengers are just waiting for She-Hulk so they can go back to Avengers Mansion. Yep. And She-Hulk says, I'm not going with you guys. I'm joining the FF. Uh, Yeah, this is another thing. It was sort of decided off panel, right? Yeah. Um, And yeah, Ben wants to stay on this planet because here he has the ability to go back and forth. It's kind of like Lost where uh, John Locke's able to walk out of his wheelchair. So he likes being on the island. Ben, Ben has gotten the thing he wants. Mm-hmm. So he wants to stay, and he does stay. He stays for a while, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't know how long he stays. I can't remember. It felt like forever. Yeah. Um, but again, it's one of those things. Like, uh, Shield came back a year ago. So I don't know how long. Like, Thing had his own solo book. Did that start after Secret Wars, or did it start? Immediately, the thing solo story. Yeah, I think it was immediate. So then that was that's been going on all year on this planet. That's weird to think like there's been stories of Hulk on this uh, battle world planet happening. Yeah, thing. while we're hearing this. Uh, sorry, the, the the thing on this battle world planet while we're learning about the Secret Wars is is maybe the weirdest uh, thing that's happening. I don't know. Yeah, it it it, it feels odd storytelling. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was so weird. The I'm doing a really quick search. I can't find anything about this page being, a, uh, um, having a different pencil or a different inker. Um, but if anyone's you, listening and knows, please write in. Cause that, that, those couple pages look very different. We want to know, uh, you can email us at screw it at Gmail. If you know the secret on who ink, inked these pages, please let us know. Um, yeah. Um, so that's the whole thing, Will. Um, 
That's the secret wars. What a weird, uh, not a, what a, I guess there's no other way to end something when you've gotten the stakes ratcheted up that high. Um, it's kind of just has to almost just be genie out of the bottle. Everything's better. Oh, wait, here's something. Okay. Uh, somebody wrote into, to, uh, uh, a place and they're saying, if you look closely, uh, uh, they're saying it looks like Todd McFarlane, which I don't, I think it's too early for Todd McFarlane. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, t- I asked Mike Zek about it. Uh, other than the two fill-in issues, the pencils are more often breakdowns or mine only. We were always right up against the deadline with every issue, which is one reason why it's necessary for me to revert to breakdowns. Also reason why pages were given to other inkers. Art Nichols being somewhat regular as a uh, last minute inker, Joe Re- Rubenstein, we were both local and able to come to the office and pick up or deliver pages. That double-sized final issue is spread even more widely among anchors. I'm not sure how many guys or who they were. I do recognize a few Art Adams inked pages in that last issue, though. Ah. Uh, so we we got it. We nailed it. Because, uh, yeah, it, it seems early for McFar- uh, McFarlane. I don't think he was working yet. But that's early for, for Art Adams probably, too. Like it's uh, It's early Art Adams, but that's cool. Good, yeah. on, good on us. It's weird for us to be right. Yeah. I mean, we're probably not. I probably yeah. just made that up, but it sounds good. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So this is over. Uh, the after effects uh, of Spider-Man reverberate forever with Venom, um, the costume and Venom. The Fantastic Four were affected for a short while, for a couple of years. She-Hulk was a member of the team. The Thing was not. For, for a while, though, like a solid era. There is the She-Hulk era. Uh, Hulk's leg healed, I assume, pretty fast. Though right. he reverted to Savage Hulk pretty soon after, as we saw sort of coming uh, as this was going along. Right. Uh, and Molecule Man is still sort of uber powerful, so that stuck around. Titania and Volcana are still characters. Yeah. As I said, Titania has a had a fear of Spider Man for many many years because of the events of these stories, which you love. I do love. Um, it's also interesting, like, if, it's like a year or two later, they did Secret Wars 2. Right. Where the Beyonder shows up and he's got, like, a jerry curl and a tracksuit. <laughs> yeah. And it's And largely- he's way more like a naive, nice person, right? He's more like a guy who inadvertently causes problems. It's more like Starman, the uh, movie, right? Yeah. He's like an alien who's like, tell me, like, Spider-Man teaches him how to go to the bathroom. It's right. a thing that happens during Secret Wars 2. So it's like that <laughs> sort of story. It's like, yeah. how do humans... Uh, kiss. Explain that yeah. to me. You know that sort of thing. Um, there's fun moments throughout it, but it's a largely disliked event. Yes, I have a feeling that would not hold up so well if we reread that. I have no desire to reread that. It also like crossed over into like everything. Um, and then I think much later on, or or a little later after that, they did like a little Beyonder story in Fantastic Four that I have not read. Right. It's called Secret Wars Three. It's a one issue thing. Yeah, so they sort of just wanted to tell, wrap up the Beyonder uh, aspect or something. Um, they eventually uh, say there's like a whole race of Beyonders somewhere, right? Who are all like ultimately powerful. There's also like something like he's maybe part of the, he's connected somehow to the Cosmic Cube or something. <laughs> I, I start to lose interest when all that happens. Once you get to those like maximum characters like Eternity, mm-hmm. I put Galactus in this bucket. Uh, yeah. Even Mephisto, the people who are just sort of like insane, supernaturally, even Molecule Man and Impossible <laughs> Man, like the people where they're just kind of like they can do anything because the artist created them 
wanting to draw a bunch of wacky stuff, but then they've introduced a god into the continuity. Yeah. Um, they're all kind of boring for stories because there's no boundaries on them. Yeah, they're, they're good as just MacGuffins to make things happen. Right. Like um, Secret Wars was sort of made good use of the Beyonder. He's not really a character. Yeah, he's just a power that Doom wants sort of off panel. And an excuse that forces the heroes and villains to fight each other. Right. Um, so what do you think, Kevin? Uh, a we couple other real, before we get into that, just a couple other real quick things. Um, many years later, they did an all ages version of this called Spider-Man in the Secret Wars. It's a four issue miniseries by Paul Tobin. Okay. That just revisits a four moments um, from the Secret Wars trying to like, um, I don't know, uh, sell a nostalgia, but also just make sort of a kid friendly story. Um, they do the Hulk trapped under a mountain bit. They mm. do Doom recruiting Volcana and Titania. Yeah. They do something with the black costume and they do something with like uh, the defeat of Doom. I can't remember the exact details of those. It's not great. I like Paul Tobin's All Ages stuff generally. I found that one to be so-so. Um, it's also very funny to make it Spider-Man in the Secret Wars, but you got to put your your main guy up front. Yeah. Uh, and then Dwayne McDuffie did a series that I really enjoyed. Uh, it was a six-issue series. Dwayne McDuffie is the guy who created the Milestone characters, Statics. Mm-hmm. Um uh, being the maybe most famous of those. He also wrote for Justice League Unlimited for a while. He's really good. Uh, he's passed, sadly. But he did a Marvel miniseries called Beyond that okay. seemed like it was the Beyonder had kept doing this. Okay. Like a bunch of characters showed up in the same sort of circle teleporter and showed up on a planet were told to fight each other and the whoever survived would uh, get sent back with their uh, with like a wish granted or something. And some of them are like, well, this has happened before. And Deathlock is on the planet. Deathlock's like, this keeps happening. People keep getting sent here and killing each other. Uh, we've got to stop this Beyonder guy. And it's a really fun story. It ends up not being the Beyonder. Um, but overall, I, I found it very, very, very fun. Uh, hmm. so it was a fun uh, taking this and like sort of using that to set your expectations and having fun with it. Yeah. Uh, and it's mostly like B-list characters. Spider-Man is there, uh, but then it's like it's Hank Pym and the Wasp. And after that, it's, it, it, it becomes smaller and smaller characters. Yeah. Poor Hank uh, Pym. But it's, it's, it's first, really... First I, ever Marvel hero, right? Uh, no, the uh, Fantastic Four. But it was before Hank Pym? Yeah. Ant-Man was right the next. Okay, but Ant-Man was before Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Well before Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, anyway... Um, I guess Hank Pym's doing all right. You know, Paul Rudd. Oh, no. Michael Douglas played no, in the movies. But yeah, that's right. Uh, people don't use Hank Pym because he hit his wife. Uh, uh, uh. He he punched, he slapped Janet when he was yeah. having a, 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 some Did sort of mental problem. Did that happen in the problem. 70s or something? I, I never read the issue when it happened, so I don't know for sure when it happens. And basically, uh, I mean, he also sort of has lame powers, right? They, they change them all the time. Yeah. He grows and shrinks is mainly it. What was so it's the like, trivia question where it's like, name five superhero identities that Hank Pym has had? Were you with me in this? I was not with you, but I could do it. <laughs> okay. Name five superhero identities that Hank Pym has had. Well, he's been Ant-Man and he's been mm-hmm. uh, Giant-Man. That's right. Uh, he's been the Wasp temporarily. Uh, okay. He's been Yellow Jacket. That's right. And he's been the Scientist Supreme. There you go. That's uh, five. 
There's probably one more, but I can't think of he. Maybe he was also Goliath, though. I think that was uh, Hawkeye when he had, could grow for sure. No, I think while. he was Goliath. I think he was also Goliath. So he was also Goliath. Right. Um, uh, uh, I'm not 100% sure, but it was just a fun trivia question just to show that they, they tried everything with Hank Pym. Yeah. Uh, he was the wasp for a brief period when uh, Janet was dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, let's wrap up. Let's wrap up. So, Kevin, what do you think of The Secret Wars? I think it's fun. It's really fun. I think it was a cool idea. I don't think events should happen in comics every year, but something like this happening every like three or four years seems like a no brainer to me. Um, cause it's just fun and stuff. Yeah. It's just a f- like, why not do something like this? It's the same sort of thing with the MCU movies. I don't love that they're all connected personally, but if they are all connected, you better do an Avengers movie every now and then you better right. do something like infinity war where they all show up. Cause why else are you connecting them all? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's really fun when you do it right. Yeah. Uh, just a little postscript on Hank Pym. I looked it up. They, I, on the Wikipedia page, they don't list Scientist Supreme. Maybe that was something he was. He for sure was. Okay. Ultron is another one they, they give him credit oh, for. Oh, he is he currently was. Ultron, yes. <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah. And, but, and Goliath is one of them. I'm sorry. Back to oh, Secret right. Wars. Um, so I think it's fun. And like, uh, not necessarily, I mean, like, I'm glad they try to make them better than this. Um, but I'd rather have this than never to do anything like this at all. What are the strengths and weaknesses of secret wars as a story? Um, they get right into it as a comic book experience. I think they get right into it. They don't worry about like something long. There's not like a two page or two issue explanation of like how we got to this point. It's just like the heroes are here and now they're told to fight. Okay. Uh, that's nice and simple. You can get into it really fun. And that leaves you room to do as much character stuff as you are able or willing to do. Okay. You can just start playing with your toys. Yeah. And also, I think removing them from Earth helps, too, in that sense that, like, you don't need to worry about, like, oh, Reed's got to go home and check on his wife or whatever. Uh, It's like, you're stuck here. You're doing this until this is over. Uh, Which is nice. It sort of keeps it isolated and wrapped up. Um, I think it's also good that it actually creates some new characters. It doesn't really kill anyone. Right. Uh, just, just Jaji. Right. Right. But she's created in this. Right. Um, so it creates new characters. It doesn't kill any of the existing characters. So it's additive, uh, to use right. a, an improv term that Will would say, uh, it's <laughs> additive to the scene. It doesn't take away from the scene. Isn't that something you say? Or is that a Delaney thing? That's a Delaney thing. Which I like. I like that idea of like, story. Yeah. is this story additive to the, to the Marvel universe? And overall it is, it's additive. What about you? I mean, I agree with you. Like I was really won over and I really like the secret wars, but it is, it has huge flaws, huge shortcomings. There's thing, there are certain mm-hmm. big aspects that it does not do well, but what it does do well is it kind of like, it kind of like does what it promises to do very well. And it does a good job of letting you know what it wants to do. So you as the reader, if you are a sympathetic reader, you adjust your expectations. It's like, look, we can have the heroes and villains fight in a big epic battle. The scale is huge. And, and, and so we are going to like have big consequences, i.e. temporary consequences that get undone. But within the, within the starting and ending point of this story, you know, whatever you can imagine these heroes and villains doing, if they had to defeat each other, we're going to have fun with those expectations. And I think they do it. 
What yeah. they don't do well is like any kind of nuanced, intelligent conversation or character work. The, yeah, he, the, he, which we're not promised and I'm not disappointed <laughs> by, but like, you know, at this point in comics history, if I read a Chris Claremont X-Men, I want those like angsty, dramatic, agonized conversations between like Kitty Pride and Colossus or whatever. You know, and you also want to believe them a little bit, right? You don't want them just to be like Stan would throw that angst in, but it would be like all exclamation points, zero to 60 um, characters would go from fine to furious to in love within two panels. Yeah. Claremont so had a little more balance cl- to right, that. Right. Claremont, it would be more uh, justified. I mean, you know, Cl- there was a trade off, right? You wouldn't necessarily get the epic battles in X Men that often. You'd get them like once a year. Uh, but that that was totally. I loved X Men. That's not a complaint. But sure. and if you so, wanted like, oh, go ahead. It was the number one comic at Marvel, right? It was the yeah. hot comic. Um, if you wanted uh, kind of moody, cinematic pacing, uh, you'd go to Daredevil with like the Frank Miller noir stuff. If you wanted just like good self-contained sci-fi stories, you go to John Byrne. And those comics have Secret Wars beat in those things by a mile. And you've got Stern uh, around this time doing superhero superhero stuff in Avengers and prior to that Spider-Man better than anyone before him had done. Like he building on what everyone else had done, like just doing it well. You mean just like good superhero stories? Good yeah. good guy, bad guy stories? Yeah, Roger Stern was the Kurt Busiek of his time, right? He was just like, this is what superheroes do well, and I'm going to do it as good as you can. So. Like, what, yeah, those those are all available to you. And then you have Shooter, who's kind of doing uh, Marvel from 10 years ago. But he's not doing he's not doing a bad job of it. He's doing a pretty good version of that. Like, he does understand what's fun about that time. Mm-hmm. Get Get to the action. Um, there are some good moments of humor. He does not have Stan's sense of humor, but you know, you know what he does have? He is, he has a sense of joy. There's real joy in this story. Yeah. It's, it's really, the story is happy for itself. It like is excited to tell you this. Um, that comes through. I think it's contagious. I guess the main thing I noticed that's sort of like, I don't know, bad or whatever is just how often it drops something that it like sets up. It it ties up loose ends plot wise, but like the beyonder says defeat each other and you'll get whatever you want. They didn't defeat each other. And the beyonder ends up just like going away. Mm -hmm. We never know. Does the beyonder, why did the beyonder want this to happen? They theorize why? Oh no, I guess they do know why. Right. Cause, um, he, they talk about it. Uh, Zaji explains. Spider Woman. Spider Woman. Spider Woman explains. Yeah, it's um, because he was in her brain for a little while. He he wants to. Uh, he doesn't understand. He, like some, something poked a hole in the universe, and he could see through it, and he was confused. Basically, it does. His Secret Wars two plot does sort of follow it. He sort of is confused and intrigued by people, and he doesn't quite understand desire. So he wants to see them do things so that he can sort of learn it and figure it out. Yeah, so he's like a scientist trying to understand desire. Kind you could of say the scientist supreme. Okay, I'll say it. Scientist <laughs> supreme. Um, but like he doesn't get what he wants, but he's a god, right? And he's got his power back. So couldn't he theoretically just get rid of Doom and say, I mean, I didn't want this to happen, but and just be like, all right, all right, I'm back. Get back. All right, come on. I got to figure this out. Um, but, I mean, maybe he got what he wanted. 
Right, right. But it doesn't like let us see that. Like we don't see the Beyonder. We don't spend any time with the Beyonder, and that's a plus to the story, right? I mean, yeah. Um, anything we'd see of him would make him too human. And the more human he is, the less uh, all-powerful entity he seems like. I just, I just have the feeling. Uh, I get. Do you remember the issue where it was like Reed? says we have to not attack uh, not attack Galactus. Yes. So that Galactus can get what he wants and then we'll be rid of Galactus permanently. But then he immediately is like, "Well, Galactus talked to me and wants us to fight him." And I so I think we should. But there's not like a totally good reason for him to go back No, on that. there's not any reason for that, no. So like there's a lot of that in this yes. Secret Wars where it's just like it's fun to have Reed say we must let Galactus destroy the planet. And then it's necessary for him to come back and fight. So we just kind of do that. Yeah. I mean, it's padding, right? It's like uh, if they kept fighting, it's like, oh, then what do we do next? I can't think of anything. So let's stop this fight for a little bit. Yeah. There's like the justifications are weak, I guess, sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I think like the things that are happening are what I want to happen as a reader. But I don't know. Just like I feel like certain writers are better about connecting that tissue coming up with connective tissue that's a little smarter. I feel like Alan Moore is somebody who would have something insane happen, but like be able to defend it within sure. the logic of the reality pretty well. Of course. Well. I mean, comparing Jim Shooter to Alan Moore is not a fair... <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's not a fair... Like, Why isn't Jim Shooter more like the best comic book writer? <laughs> I know. Um, I, I, it's just something you notice when you're reading this. I mean, I had a blast reading this. Like I Will, loved Hi- it. Will Hines, uh, your your plug line on Secret Wars is not quite as good as Watchmen. <laughs> so temper your expectations. <laughs> well, I guess it is better than Watchmen. In the fact <laughs> stop, that it's- stop there, no stop there. <laughs> That's the plug. <laughs> it is better than Watchmen. Will Hines. <laughs> uh, it's more. That- fun right like it's lighter like Watchmen's hard to read it's like sure this is an easy compli- read yes yeah yeah it's like it's this is this is pleasure reading I mean that's why it's better than Crisis right it's much easier than read than Crisis though Crisis has got George Perez art and, and is doing cooler things and Marv Wolfman's a great writer um, but it just like it all it's the anti-monitor stuff is just uh, dense is Secret Wars the best crossover event in Marvel history I don't think so, no. What's the best one? I don't know. Uh, probably Infinity Gauntlet is probably one of, the one of, if not the best. Okay. Because it's still early enough where they're not totally run into the ground, and it's Thanos is a very fun villain, but he hadn't really been used that much. He definitely had not become a... He had not quite been elevated to like everyone versus Thanos. That's where that happened was in the Infinity Gauntlet. He was a Silver Surfer villain. He had shown up in some Avengers stories and Iron Man stories, but just wherever uh, Jim Starlin could get him to show up. Uh, but he didn't like have like a, he didn't feel like he fit in anyone's rogue gallery except for sort of like the cosmic characters, Adam Warlock and Silver Surfer. But this sort of like took him to this level of like, oh, now he f- he is basically dark side. Um, yeah, and that he works as dark side like he's great as that and the idea of like uh, Infinity Gauntlet is not like in the movie this uh, Thanos wants to impress the entity of death is his whole goal uh, so he kills half the uh, universe to impress death 
Um, but he's got that much power and it's sort of very fun to see that happening. And the heroes are basically like, how do you stop someone who can do anything? It is like the beyonder, but you have George Perez art, you have um, Jim Starlin writing it. And so like, it's just, it's a more thought out comic and it hits those beats better. Yeah. It's also six issues, I think, instead of 12. Okay. Um, it's a little more compact. You still have like great moments where like uh, Captain America uh, takes on Thanos one-on-one and he, like it's <laughs> like, and, and holds his own for a moment, just like a yeah. moment, which is like crazy as, as it is. Yeah. Like there's like just fun things like that throughout it. There's like a great moment where Silver Surfer is waiting for his moment to steal the gauntlet. Um, uh, there's a similar thing to claw. Like there's some similar things in there. Cause like, uh, Mephisto has possessed Nebula, I think to get, to be like sort of in, get in Thanos's ear, hmm. uh, to trick him. Cause that's how you stop him. But it, yeah, it's in a lot of ways, it's like secret war is done better. Um, but the lasting effect of that is basically just Thanos is now a cool character. There's no, alien costume type. Um, right. But, but it might be a, a better story or something. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the best one after that. Then like they happen so frequently, you just, you need a break from them. Some people would say civil war. I don't really like civil war. Um, civil war had the benefit of coming after a long break of no events and being heroes versus heroes, which is very fun. What fell short for you in, in civil war? I just never, bought the idea of Captain America and Iron Man fighting over anything. Um, but also the idea that like Iron Man's like, Oh, we should register all superheroes and the government should track us. And Captain America's like, I don't think so. And that anyone would go, yeah, Captain America's probably right. He's Captain America. (laughs) You know, to disagree with Captain America is such a crazy thing to me (laughs) that half the heroes did not take Captain America's side is bonkers to me. Even in our America currently, I don't buy that superheroes would make that same decision. Yeah. Um, And so it just felt like a lot of very artificial things happening. Like Spider-Man reveals his identity to the world. And it's just, it's, it feels more like shocks um, than believable moments. None of it felt earned to me, but people loved it. Yeah. And if you loved it, you're right to love it. It just wasn't for me. So the ones yeah. I've enjoyed are the ones that are very much smaller scale. There was like World War Hulk was fun. Hulk comes back to Earth after Planet Hulk mad because uh, he got basically jettisoned to another planet by Reed. <laughs> uh, uh, who else? A few other people, like a few of the thinkers. Uh, and he's like, <laughs> you try to get rid of me? I'm going to destroy you all. <laughs> um, though he doesn't because he's still a good guy deep down. But it's very fun. Like, they're like, is Hulk going to kill us all? (laughs) (laughs) And if he does, can we stop him? Right, right. And he Um, he comes back stronger than he ever was. They're just like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh. This this didn't work out. Uh, And it was just very fun. But it's smaller, right? It's just like one big fight, mostly. It's one big fight that involves everyone. Has DC ever done a good crossover event? (sighs) Ah. That I've read, I mean, I Crisis don't. wasn't bad. Right. Crisis might be their best one. Um, nothing jumps to my... I liked Invasion, okay. Okay. That was a three-issue Keith Giffen written one. I like Keith Giffen, though, so I'm sort of in the bag for him. 
but it also had the idea of like the meta the meta bomb going off that gave people powers. It gave Maxwell Lord his powers. Yeah. Uh, introduced a lot of cool alien or brought a lot of alien species that were maybe from the Legion comic book into current day DC. It was fun. Yeah. Um, so I like that one pretty good. The ones that I'm remembering are bad ones like God of uh, there was a, a Wonder Woman one about gods that was pretty bad. Uh, the Eclipse one was they did a lot. They also did a lot of like there were annual events that just crossed over with all their annuals. Okay. Which was a nice way to like not disrupt the main not, comics. Yeah, right, right. But then it like, but also they didn't really work that well because <laughs> there wouldn't be much story to it. It would just be like each issue we visit this character or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I don't think so. You're not inclined to like them, so you you might right. be a tough person to ask. Like you're you're sort of. If I said, "Oh, Marvel's got another crossover event coming," you, your first reaction, without knowing anything, would be like, "Oh boy, geez." Yeah, I mean, they do for sure have one. I don't know what it is, but there's always one. I mean, there's one going on right now with a Venom-related one. There's almost like two a year for Marvel, like a small one and a big one every year. It feels like, um, and it's just too much. It just feels like the planet gets destroyed every like three months. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes they can be fun. I like the. Um, I don't like, also they seem to always want to kill a few characters and I'm not, I'm never into that. Um, like if it's like, oh, it starts off and Blue Beetle gets shot. I'm like, okay, you've lost me already. Cause like you're just killing him to get my attention and I know he'll be brought back if you ever want to bring him back. Right. Uh, so I don't love killing characters as a, as a general rule anymore. Um, so how many yeah. Marvel comics are you reading right now? I, I don't know. I don't have a spreadsheet or a number. Are there Marvel comics you are actively reading every issue right now? Immortal like, Hulk, know. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then anything Al Ewing, other, the other stuff Al Ewing does I'm reading, I'm reading, uh, he just started Sword and he's been doing Guardians of the Galaxy, so I'm reading those. I'm still following X-Men by Jonathan Hickman. Mm-hmm. Um, though I'm I'm not a huge X-Men guy, so I'm, I'm like, basically reading that out of curiosity more than anything else. Mm-hmm. There's a mm-hmm. bunch of other X books I sort of dropped off on. Okay. As that line expanded. Um, I'm still reading amazing Spider-Man, but I don't like it, <laughs> but I feel obligated. <laughs> um, and I don't know what else that might be it. And then there's a couple like minis that I'm reading. Okay. But not like uh, ongoings. Okay. I'm not reading any. Sure. I was reading uh, more maybe like two years ago or three years ago. A bunch of stuff I was enjoying ended and the stuff that replaced it, I didn't like as much. Like Thor ended and I, I'm not reading the current Thor and Squirrel Girl ended and nothing replaced that. And it's just like Avengers. Uh, was I reading Avengers before? I was reading Avengers for a while and then I sort of fell off on that. So it's like this is books like that that I was reading a bunch of that just sort of all went away. Um, we've gone long. Do you want to do emails or do you want to save them? Let's do them. Okay. Uh, so Justin Bridge emailed us. Uh, I've got two emails from him. I'm just going to read a couple questions from him. Will, um, let's see. Uh, here we go. This is quest. This is uh, some of these are questions. Some of these are comments. So number six, which single character that Stanley co-created is the best? Spider-Man. Yeah, that's my answer too. 
Yep. Yeah, Spider-Man, The Thing, Hulk, Ant-Man, Iceman, Doctor Doom were his suggestions. All great. Iceman, yeah. not Iceman. I think some of these are humorous. Yeah. Doom's not a bad one to throw out there, but it's Spider-Man for me as well. Yeah. Thing, um, I say Thing is number two, and J. Jonah Jameson is my number three. <laughs> um, that's very funny. A new I mean, he's an amazing character. Sure, he's very funny. He's a great comedic character. Um, he also said, since you and Will think that the Ditko villains are odd compared to the others, are there other Spider-Man villains you'd suggest, like in Secret Wars, he's saying? Uh, I think he's commenting on a statement we had made because Doc Ock looks so weird always in the yeah. group shots. But I think we liked how weird he looked. I think I was saying that like their powers are designed to be visually cool and maybe not so practical. So in I think I'm the one who said their powers yes. don't make sense in this like epic battle where a lot of a lot of Kirby villains they have the firepower to back it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know enough to um, to say like it, my my complaint about Ditko's villains with the lack of firepower. So I'd want like I don't know maybe like. Ghost Rider shows up as a villain or something like <laughs> someone who's just got something that could theoretically be very powerful. Yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. Um, uh, I I think Doc Ock's the right choice. The lizard's a weird choice, so he serves a big purpose by the end. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, like Electro would fit right. Just having like a he's powerful. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he's he's another idiot. Um, so it depends if you need brains or power. Um, and like I said, I think Hobgoblin would have been an interesting choice cause he would have been not <laughs> a good fit personality wise. Yeah. Uh, the but, enforcers would be a hilariously bad choice. Great question. Great comment. Will, because our next email is from Bernie Lockard who says now that the fantastic four movie has been announced and they will officially be in the MCU and possibly opening up in the entire catalog of cosmetic characters. Does this mean we could finally see a fancy Dan solo movie? <laughs> I mean, I am legitimately in favor of an Enforcers movie or TV show. I think it would be great. It would be comedic, but it would be outstanding, I think. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine that Sony owns the rights to the Enforcers. Yeah, I think that's right. So I don't think they'd be in the MCU. I think they'd be in the Venom universe. <laughs> Enforcers versus Venom. I'll write that. No problem. Uh, Enforcers, Venom, Morbius. You know, those characters, they're sort of all cut from the same cloth. <laughs> Mobius? Uh, Morbius. Oh, okay. The the vampire-like character that Jared Leto is in a movie with. Oh, I thought it was pronounced Mobius. But I, you know what? I think Mobius is the artist. Mobius I'm, is the artist, yeah. I'm, I'm dummy. I'm a dummy. Or the Mobius strip. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of the artist, but sure, let's all think of the strip. Yeah, Morbius the living vampire. Uh, yeah. Um, Will Cobe uh, writes us, I'm loving the new series. It feels like the biggest lasting change of Secret Wars is a Spidey costume change. Sure. A few years ago, I started w- wearing way more bold colors and patterns. Have you ever had what you would consider a new costume event in your life? <laughs> <laughs> well, have you ever I, I, bought, I bought this flannel shirt last September at REI and I've been wearing it like crazy. So that's my costume change. I'm looking um, a lot more golden and earthen lately. Yeah, I don't think I, I went through a phase in high school where I wore a lot of patterned shirts, um, like very loud patterned shirts. Um, I was just like, these are the shirts I'm going to wear now. I don't think it was much of a choice other than like, I wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. But by the time I got to college, I was back to like drab colors and, and, <laughs> and I had never left that. Your New England roots. Yeah. Every now and then I wear like a bright blue shirt and everyone's like, oh, well, you should wear more 
not what you normally wear. And it's just like <laughs> a plain blue shirt. And it's like, but for me, it's eye popping. Yeah. Somebody once said that my co- my choice of colors was so boring. I looked like a dentist waiting room. I thought that was the biggest insult I ever got about my clothes. That it's was also burn, accurate. Yep, it's a good burn. It was, it was good. Uh, Joe Wartman emails us. The year is 1984. A gym shooter storms into your office, which Kevin and Will share as the newly hired junior writers at Marvel Universe. So I am nine and you are 14, Will. Mm-hmm. He gives you your assignments. You're each to write a Secret Wars what if tie-in story. Your issue can feature any character in the Marvel Universe, but it has to relate to the Secret Wars storyline in some ways. If your ideas aren't good enough for Jim Shooter, he will just write the what if stories himself. <laughs> Almost guaranteed to happen. I don't know. I think uh, nine-year-old me would have been uh, on top of this. Uh, what are you doing? What's your, uh, so a what-if story tied into this storyline. Uh, what if the Beyonder fell in love with Jazzy? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, and he tries to charm her, but he wants to do it legit. He won't use his Beyonder powers. Um. Uh, let's see. I would say, <laughs> what if Doom uh, didn't go? Mm, Take Doom out of the story. What happens then? Also, what does Doom do on Earth with everybody out of the way? I don't care about that. Okay. <laughs> Jim Shooter can write that part. Oh, we shouldn't uh, share an office. I don't think we're going to get along. Uh, I'm just curious, like, you know, without Doom, this story doesn't move. How does how do they get out of this without Doom basically solves the problem? Yeah. It would have been nice for somebody to recognize that at the end of this, for Reed to be like, you know, without Doom, we'd be stuck here. He, in a way, did yeah. solve it. It'd be yeah, nice for say, someone to observe us. that. Um, my, uh, my other version would just be like, what if we flipped the characters who stayed and went? So it's like the Invisible Woman, Quicksilver. Mm. Um, uh, I, I don't know, there's so few the that get mutants. left behind. Um, Kitty Pride. Those characters yeah. are there. Yeah. Foggy Nelson. Daredevil could be there. Oh yeah, <laughs> that makes more need, sense. That makes more sense. You don't need Foggy. Um, <laughs> you can do that. Yeah. Uh, Jossa, Josh, Jossa. I don't know that. Joshua <laughs> is what I was trying to say. Josh writes us and he goes, "Hello, Ketchup Brothers. Ooh. Uh, just got finished listening to your Secret Wars episodes seven and eight, uh, issue seven and eight, uh, and I heard." And I heard that Hawkeye fans are united or something, are uniting or something. I think this is because uh, you made fun of Hawkeye, Will. Yeah. Uh, I've been a big Avengers fan thanks to the Essentials books since before I even knew of the MCU. By the time I heard about them, Thor and the Avengers movies were being advertised, and I was thrilled to hear they were coming soon. And Hawkeye has been one of the most important Avengers in my eyes, being the primary leader of the West Coast Division and the first hero to join the team outside of the founders, unless you count Captain America as not a founder. Uh, I know he's technically not. Uh, My favorite showing of Hawkeye was Avengers 174, where he's forced to face the cosmic villain, the Collector, all on his own, following the Collector defeating the rest of the Avengers, which included the likes of Vision, Thor, Beast, and Wonder Man. It's built up to in the previous two issues, but the story alone is a great read in my opinion, and I would recommend the read. I'm also excited to watch the Disney Plus series that's supposed to be in the works uh, for this year. I'm hoping to get a more fun take on Hawkeye, finally, as opposed to the serious S.H.I.E.L.D. agent we get in the movies. Uh, another recommendation I have is for the solo Hawkeye series that came out in the early 10s. Uh, not saying you should cover it, but people will be searching for Hawkeye more soon with the new MCU series coming out. It's fun. It's a fun read, nonetheless. Uh, that's thanks the Matt for Fraction one? Yeah, it's got to be. 
Yeah. Uh, thanks for putting up with the My Bowman love. I've been following your podcast since late October and finished it all in about a month. I love your brotherly dynamic and improv- improvisational style towards comedy. So keep up the good work. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, Will's the one who hates Hawkeye. Uh, <laughs> I was I came around to Hawkeye slow. Like Hawkeye is a huge Kurt Busiek, uh, uh, uh loves Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Had him take over the Thunderbolts, and I was like, okay. And I never fully got it. I didn't dislike him, but I didn't get it. Uh, and I, when Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes made me love Hawkeye. Though he's really fun in that cartoon. Um, I don't think that I think that the the Disney Plus show might be good, but it won't be a fun Jeremy Renner because I don't think he can do fun. Take yeah, that, it's not really. Renner. It's not his within. It's not his style, really. Yeah, when he's fun, his characters have to be really dumb. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only fun he can do. And I don't think he can even do that great. It, that also requires like really good directing and writing. He can sort of do intense. That's all he can do. Yeah. Uh, but I'm hoping that, uh, Haley's Haley Steinfeld, I think is her name, uh, as Kate Bishop. Yeah. She'll be fun. And hopefully the series will be fun. And then Jeremy Renner can be written out of the movies and we can have a better Hawkeye. <laughs> wow. We're um, not holding back folks. Yeah. Jeremy Renner fans unite. Yeah, Jeremy Renner fans can come at me. Uh, I will defend <laughs> that. Uh, but I like Hawkeye. I wish Hawkeye was that fun in the movies. Uh, Brandon Wallace emails us. Greetings, Milk Waste and Panty Sop. Ooh, nice. I uh, like these new variations. Been listening only since episode eight of the JLI season on a suggestion from my dad, Barry. Uh, and I haven't missed an episode since. Thanks thanks for the suge- thanks for the wreck, Barry. Uh, uh, I've been wondering for some time if either of you are familiar with the Elseworld stories by DC centered around the idea of Stanley having created the DC universe's biggest players. Just imagine Stan Lee's are extremely fun and at times very bizarre reimaginings of the characters we all know and love. Batman became one Wayne Williams, a young African-American man wrongly accused of a crime and put in prison where he reshaped his body and mind to fight the injustices that befell him. Superman is Saladin, a Kryptonian police officer fallen to earth after his wife's murder, only armed with a flying harness and some low-level super strength due to a difference in gravity. And many, many more characters such as Green Lantern, Shazam, The Flash, Robin, Aquaman, and Wonder Woman. Uh, I don't know if they're worthy of a full season, but perhaps a one-off at best. And if the most it gets talked about on the, in the podcast is with this email, well, that's just fine too. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to the next episode of Secret Wars. I've, I, I I had heard of this, but I keep forgetting about it. I've never read those. Someone emailed us back when we were doing either um, one of those early seasons about these. Uh, I have not read them either. It's crazy that I haven't. It feels like a thing I would have read. I mean, the, yeah. Stanley writing modern comics is never great. Right. He's just not made to write 90s comics or aughts or 80s whenever they came out. Even I don't even maybe know. Maybe 70s. Yeah, really. He was made for 60s comics and alone. Yeah. Not even 50s. Like just the 60s. <laughs> he had like a seven year span where it was like Maybe right not even. Wheelhouse. He was made 1961 to 64. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he changed, he changed comics in that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had like a good five year run um, <laughs> that was, you know, hugely important. Yeah. But whenever he's written something since then, I'm always like, uh, it's a little too Stanley. Those character <laughs> descriptions don't sound bad to me. Those, those could be good. And they are good. I mean, they're also not what he would have done if he created those characters in 19, whenever Batman originated. It would not have been a young African-American man. Yeah. But it's fun to see if he was. I'm glad he did like more diverse characters if he's going to do them now. Like you might as well go that way. Um, 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd be curious to. That's an interesting suggestion. Well, we should read them at some point, even if we never talk about them on the podcast. Let's read them and never mention it. Uh, Donald emails us. Love the podcast. I've been thinking of reading the original ASM run when I found your podcast, so I listened along. When talking about Secret Wars, you mentioned the villains all seem surprised at Spider-Man's powers and abilities. If I had powers, I would discount stories from regular gangsters, too, thinking I could easily handle it. Uh, of course, we also know Marvel villains are always very cocky. So we were talking about this, like the uh, Wrecking right. Crew seems surprised at how strong Spider-Man was. I guess that's X-Men. a good point. If they heard, like, uh, you know, Doc Ock A bunch saying, of flunkies coming in. and if, oh, yeah. if chubby Doc Ock goes, Spider-Man punches pretty hard, I don't know if I would buy it either. Yeah. And definitely if Blackie Donegan or whatever. <laughs> um, uh, thanks for the email, Donald. Thank you, Donald. Uh, uh, Tony Labra emails with some panels that he thinks were penciled by John Romita Sr. Okay. Uh, there's a She-Hulk that he thinks is John Romita's drawing and, uh, and a Thor. Um he thinks John Romita might have still been working as sort of like a art director for Marvel at that point. So it's definitely possible. It definitely seems like lots of people stepped in and penciled and inked and finished a lot of these pages. Could have been Romita yeah. Jr. for all we know, too. Yeah. Could have been Ditko. Uh, I don't think it was Ditko, but <laughs> if it was, and I credit Ditko with the creation of all <laughs> of these characters. Uh, and I think we have one more. Hold on. Nope, that's the last one. All right, well, thanks for uh, emailing us. If you want to email us, our email is screwitspidey at gmail. We also have a Twitter account, screwitcomics, and an Instagram account, screwitcomics, uh, where Kevin will put screenshots of the of the comics we're talking about. Please follow us there. We would love to, by the end of this week, have one million followers on Instagram. That's what well, we all we're asking for is a million followers. Right now we're mm-hmm. at, uh, I think, like 800 <laughs> so um, please follow us and we also have two other Instagram accounts screw it recent and screw it spidey for their hardcore podcast fans but the the main social media outlets are our Twitter and Instagram screw it comics and our Gmail screw it spidey uh, when's our next episode coming out Will oh, gosh I don't know uh, not not too long right are we taking uh, a, a week off before the next we're, season? We're or? taking a week off, I think. Okay. Let's take a week off. I'll just decide right now. All right. We're going to take a week off. Uh, then we're having seasons of guests. Should we say our first guest? Sure. Let's say. He's excited. We, we, we just recorded it, so it's very cool. Our, our first. So we're having a whole season of guests where Kevin and I will have guests on, and they'll pick an issue or, or two or three to talk about, and you know, an issue or an arc to talk about. And our first guest is uh, Tom Brevoort, the executive editor of Marvel Comics. Uh, his the self-described uh, master of the Marvel arts. Yeah, um, he, he, he of the terrific blog that we love, and yeah, longtime editor, uh, someone who's actually knowledgeable about comic books. Yeah, it was intimidating. Um, yeah, so we recorded that. We've got some other cool people that we think we're going to record with. Uh, uh, we've got some really cool people on the books, but just until you actually get those recordings in the RAM, uh, <laughs> that's what that's what kids the, say in the in the Flash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, you don't want to you don't want to count those chickens. So, but we we sh- we'll, we'll have a fun season no matter what. Yeah, and we'll have some of our funny friends on as well. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know how many we're gonna do in this uh, uh, interview season, but uh, we'll see. Guess we'll see. Season. And uh, I I sort of expect the plan is after that we'll 
alternate between doing like me and Kevin just indulging ourselves and talking about comics we like and having some guests on now and then too. Uh, Will but, uh, is weakening. Yeah. He's considering doing a Superior Spider-Man season. Yeah, I'm not quite convinced. They need another 15 people to recommend it. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I feel like that's, uh, we. I could even commit to that. Do you want to just say we're going to do that next? Oh, let's see how we're feeling after we do 10 uh, guests. Okay, we, we have a lot of interviews. Maybe, maybe one of our interviews will like make us think of something that we absolutely have That's to do right. next. Cause like, um, like when, the, when, um, when Z Chun did, um, Batman year one, we, we were couldn't like, well, stop. We, yeah. We, yeah. We have to do Batman year yeah. one. So maybe something like that'll happen with one of our guests. Yeah, sometimes we can't control ourselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Tom interview is gonna be really great. That'll be out in a, a week or two. Uh, definitely subscribe to us if you're not so that you don't miss these episodes. They're going to be great. And uh, rate and review us on iTunes. A lot of you have done that already. Uh, we never ask. I always forget, but p- please do it. It's, it's, uh, if you're helpful. still listening, uh, we're like an hour and a half in. Uh, this is where we ask you to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to stop right now. I'm going to read my diary real quick for the next 20 minutes. No, I'm only kidding. That's the end of the episode. Bye, everyone. Bye. Screw it. Screw it. We're just going to Hey, you, yeah, the listener of Screw It, we're just going to talk about comics. Are you ready for a promo? Let's do yoga. Let's get fit. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Muriel. And we're the hosts of Hella in Your your 30s. 30s. This is a podcast for people of all ages, all about navigating this dystopian world we live in (laughs) that's right so every monday we invite you into our living room or out into the world on whatever adventures we go on or into our living room for an adventure in our living room (laughs) yeah like having your wife challenge you to a great british baking show style competition in your own kitchen that's right or maybe you know you want to know what it's like to volunteer at a food bank or maybe uh, well you know you want to hear what it's like to foster kittens in the midst of a pandemic that's right super easy but giving cats medication is literally the worst thing in the world (laughs) okay anyways if you want to hang out with us find us every monday hella in your 30s wherever you get your podcast tomorrow's a new day let's order pizza